0: Hi guys, my name is Adrian Apostolatis and welcome to Out the Back Door, where we talk about everything from your back door, right to the back fence, and all of the bits in between. Hi guys, Adrian here, and today's episode of Out the Back Door, this is a question that comes up to me all the time, and the topic for today is, do you really need council approval? And more often than not, uh, I would say the answer is yes, but there's a little asterisk after that, um, because there are a variety of different ways to to get an approval if you really do need an approval, and there's certifiers and things like that but that we'll talk through throughout this episode, but, um, I think people get a lot of bad advice in relation to this or the care factor isn't there and they just seem to skip over it for whatever reason. But in to, today's game and, and for my business, um, it's all about paperwork and approvals and getting documentation, basics reports, etc., cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's part of what we do. And that's one of the questions that we ask uh, inquiries that approach us in our business very early um, in terms of have you approached council? Do you have an approval? Um, what do you know? And it's interesting some of the, the responses that we get and that's why I wanted to put together this episode. I've written some blogs on it before and I'll put those details in the show notes, um, but I think you can get a, a lot of good information out of this. Um, now everyone everyone's got a preconceived idea about what's called exempt development. And exempt development is a a state government planning initiative, if you like, that has been around for a little while, but is basically a set of black and white tick box standards that you can apply to numerous things across your backyard. So whether that's your your balcony, your deck, your veranda, um, a carport, rainwater tank, privacy screen etc etc they've basically tried to pigeonhole a lot of things to make it easier where i see people getting stuck is people don't want to go into the detail or they sort of rush over it um to try and get themselves to think that it's all a-okay um, I, in the show notes i'll put some uh, a link that you can actually download one of the exempt development checklists and that's specifically down for uh, decks, patios, pergolas, etc. That will give you a good example of the the detail that you've got to go through in terms of working out whether what you're thinking about uh, can meet the exempt development criteria. Now, exempt development is basically um, uh, uh, some minor building renovations or works that don't need planning or a build, building approval, so it's where you don't need to go to council or get a get a certifier in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in saying that, as I've said, you've got to be able to tick all the all the categories, all the boxes in in the checklist. Now, one of those is it does say on a lot of less than 300 square meters or less. You can go up to a maximum of 25 square meters and that's where i see a lot of people stopping they don't go any further than that or they've heard 25 square meters and they sort of go forward but there's other categories there that you've got to consider um, for a deck you can't go higher than a, a meter off the ground um, what else have we got here um, can't be more than three meters at the highest point uh, has got to be 900 millimeters off the, off the boundaries, behind the building line of any road frontage, et cetera, et cetera. You can go through those yourself, but I think it's important that you actually do go through and make sure that you can tick all those boxes. Because as I said, people have got that one mindset about 25 square meters. And more often than not, I see people that are trying to sort of push something through that doesn't necessarily even meet any of those criteria, and that's where people can get stuck. So what's the next step up from that? If you find that you've gone through the exempt development checklist and you don't tick the boxes, what's next? So you can go up. The next level up of an approval category is compliant development, and compliant development is where you can get a quicker... Turnaround than if you you go to council. It's where you can get an approval generally within 10 days. And you can either do this through your local council or what's called a private certifier or a PCA. Now, granny flat builders, that's sort of their business model. So they they design their their granny flats to, to fit on a property that can meet the compliant development standards and guidelines. And that's how they sort of can turn around things quite quickly. In my business, where we sort of focus on outdoor living areas, most of our work actually goes through a full DA. Very rarely do I enable or do I find jobs that that can go through as a compliant development. It works better for me in saying that because it is quicker, it's a little bit easier. But in saying that, um, it's just a matter of going through the process, and I think if m- my advice to you would be: design what you want first, sort of come up with that that master plan, and then work backwards from there. Now, generally speaking, if you're working with, you know, a, a valued builder or a consultant or your you know your landscape architect or your pool builder if you're coming up with something pretty stupid wild and wacky you know trying to put the a pink eiffel tower on your side building line over an easement and you're, you're blocking out your neighbor's view i'd like to think that they're going to point you in the right direction to say well look let's not go down that road because you're not going to get a, an approval um but I think if you can go through the the process, get what you want first and then work backwards and then go, look, can we fit it into exempt? Can we fit in complying? Or does it need to go to a council DA? I think you're going to get what you want rather than I think the opposite is where I see people trying to fit square pegs into round holes and say, right, I wanna build this outdoor living area. Again, coming back to the maximum 25 square meters, but they're trying to fit um, you know, a 12-seater table, plus a barbecue, plus a lounge, and have a cover over the top, and the area is just too squishy. So start from scratch, and then work backwards from there would be my advice. But I've gone off track. I was talking about compliant development. So it's the next level up from exempt, And compliant development is basically a combined planning and construction approval for straightforward development that can be determined through a fast-track assessment through council, as I said, or an accredited certifier. Compliant development applies to homes, businesses and even industry to allow for a range of things like You can even build a new house under complying development. Um, Alterations and additions, so for instance, you know, you might be able to extend the back rumpus room or living room uh, to your home. Um, You might be able to, if you've got to demolish the back shed, um, things along those lines. So generally compliant development is your next step up from exempt. There's a little bit more involved in exempt development than exempt development. So I think, there's roughly about a dozen different points that you've got to refer to in exempt complying gets a little bit more detailed so i guess through experience i can look at things from our point of view in our business and get a, a a bit of a gut feel to determine whether it's going to be complying or not and this happened last week for me where we're actually up on a second store balcony talking to a client. She seemed to think that it could be complying, but I was directing her to sort of leaning towards I, th- I thought it would be a DA purely because of the height factor. Now, essentially, complying is black and white checklist again. So you go through the, the mill. There's a lot more questions or details involved. So you, you need to consider landscape ratios, setbacks, and they play a larger role than than exempt um, your block widths, your bowel zones, etc. So you've got to go through a lot more detail to determine if you can fall into compliant development. Now things can automatically rule you out of compliant development, um, and it's the same thing as as in exempt as well too. So heritage plays a big a big role in no matter whether it's exempt, complying, or a DA. But in complying, for instance, you hire your bushfire zone, that will rule out complying as an option. So if you're in bow 40 or a flame zone, the two highest zones, that would automatically mean that we've got to go to a DA. Um, Or alternatively, if you've got an easement going through your backyard and you're, you're looking to, for argument's sake, build a deck over the top of it, that would rule out complying and would mean you need to go to To a DA through council as well. Now, I wouldn't be too scared of a DA. Most people, and don't get me wrong, I could bore you and extend this podcast for the next 14 hours telling you about sob stories about council. But I think the golden rule, from my point of view, is is you, you get prepared, you get as much information in early as you can, and councils have a, have a checklist and a guideline for their development applications. So if you play by the rules and if you give them all the information they want upfront, generally that's gonna make a smoother process. It's where people don't give them the survey or they're trying to cut corners. That's where you're going to slow the process down. They're gonna ask for more information and you end up going backwards and forwards that's going to cost you time and money as well too. Um, with compliant development too, probably one of the first documents that you're going to need is a section 10.7 certificate. So generally with compliant development, I, my advice would be get your plans drafted first or and get that section 10.7 certificate as well, because that's a document that you order from council Generally, it's about thirty dollars. Most councils you can order those type of things online and get them turned around reasonably pr- promptly these days. But that document combined with your plans will enable either yourself, uh, if you're if you if, if you've got that sort of mindset, or generally you can pass that on or run that through with, with your certifier to determine if you can get your project through as a compliant development. So once you go through that, you fail compliant development, you move up to council, every council is different. Um, but I think so long as early in the piece, as I've said before, if you go through, go through councils DCP, which is development control plan, again, most of those are available online and you can have a look to see if what you're thinking is going to sort of fit within their guidelines and models. Now, with development applications, you, you can blur the lines a little bit more. So I've referred to exempt and complying as as black and white. You've got to be able to tick these boxes, otherwise you move up to the next category. A DA, you've got a little bit more room to move. So for argument's sake, if council has got a, a control in there that's looking for a setback of X, Y, Z, but your neighbour, next door has done something and you know a neighbour further down has also done something that you can see doesn't fall within those guidelines. If they've gone through the approval process generally and sometimes you can use those as a bit of a precedent in your argument to counsel. So I hope that helps give you a little bit of a guideline about the approval process and do you really need council approval. So the answer isn't always yes. And if you're smart about things, you can sort of maybe fall within the exempt and the complying. Um, But I think today's top three takeaways would be start designing your area with you in mind first. So don't get stuck by putting a square peg into a round hole and, you know, thinking you've got to fit into the exempt guidelines. Go, Go into your design with an open mind, and I think that will work in your favor ultimately long-term. Number two, dot the I's and cross the T's. So do your preparation early. So whether that means, as I said, with complying, uh, getting your Section 10.7 certificate early in the piece, you might need to get a bow certificate because that can determine which way you go um, getting that, getting that preparation early will enable uh, a smoother process, rather than you thinking you've, you've got, you can go through complying and then you fall at the last hurdle. My last tip would be, don't just listen to your mates. Maybe he's got a brother, cousin, auntie, uncle, husband's wife. There was someone was saying down the pub that yeah, it's no worries to build a hundred square metre deck and throw in the pool and you don't need to worry about council approval. I've seen that plenty of times. I've had plenty of phone calls where people have rung me asking for help, saying, look, I haven't built something to code, and then I've got a knock on the door. So it's not only your your immediate next-door neighbours you've got to worry about, it's Tom who's four blocks away, who you've never met, who walks his dog and wants to have a sticky beat because you've got an excavator on site and you've got a a crane out the front delivering materials. And then he can have a look at things and raise a flag, and before you know it, you've got a ranger knocking on your door asking for paperwork. So I hope that helps in today's episode of Do You Really Need Council Approval? And I look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye for now. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. I trust you took away some gold that can help you create that perfect backyard for your home. As always, if we've mentioned something that you'd like to know a little bit more about or you have a particular question, no matter how small, please don't hesitate to drop me a line. My contact details are in the show notes. We would love for you to hit the subscribe or the follow button depending on what platform you were listening to this on for the series and so we'll look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Out the Back Door and as I always seem to be saying to my kids don't forget to shut the door and I'll see you next time ciao